When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. It's Thursday, October 27th, and um, I was just telling YouTube Live, uh, it w- it's been nine minutes since I started streaming. So if you're listening to the podcast, just remember the timestamp. Nine minutes later, you can check out the, uh, the uh, chart on YouTube by re-watching the YouTube Live. If, if you get, here's something in the podcast. This is what I was just saying to the pe- people on YouTube Live is, I can't believe I was checking out some of the uh, stats. A lot of you listen all the way to the end. And, and I know I get chatty sometimes. And I had lunch with my realtor yesterday. And I said, dude, I know I get chatty. And, and you're kind of zoning out here and stuff. I said, on the phone, I'm used to people just hanging up on me. And, and I don't take offense to it. They just hang up on me. So I, I'm chatty. Um, let's go over a, a couple of things. There is an obvious one in the room. And that's meta. And I, I went over it yesterday and I said, hey, this has some opportunity up here. If Zuck just says, hey, we're pulling back some spending um, and we're, we're going to, you know, focus in on advertising, blah, blah, blah. Well, what happened? Uh, they missed on earnings. They warned of a weak fourth quarter. <clears throat> um, things have gotten worse. They have doubled down. Uh, by continuing to spend on the metaverse. And Zuck on the call, I, I, I just wrote this down. Let me look at the note. Zuckerberg on the call doubled down. So Reality Labs is their virtual reality. That's the metaverse. Um, it has lost billions of dollars for very little return. Uh, Zuck on the call said, yeah, 10 years from now, people will be talking about this and how much we spent and how much of a good idea it was. Well, they'll definitely be talking in 10 years from now, but what a good idea it is, I don't know. Again, are, is anybody out there slapping on a headset to go and look at, uh, you know, if, if I set up a metaverse, a, a daily stock pick metaverse uh, shop where you can come in, you can grab some edibles, uh, you can grab, uh, you know, your favorite stock, I kind of hand it to you, but I got no legs. I got no legs. I'm behind a counter. I got no legs. So you may see me, but I got no legs. So I, I think they may have just put legs on people. I don't know. Uh, but the, the problem is when they're doubling down like that and advertising revenue is shrinking uh, and TikTok is eating their lunch. It is clear TikTok. Uh, if you want a threat from China, it's TikTok because it took down Google. It took down Snap. It took down uh, the Meta. It took down everybody. Um, right now, uh, uh, Meta is trading just about $100. Do not buy it. If you're in it, eh, hold it. I mean, it, again, hopefully you didn't put in your whole nut into this one. I've got a little bit of Meta, and I've got it $300. We went over it yesterday. Uh, I'm not selling it. I'm looking to buy more. There's a... a, a pretty good support level at 94. And if you go and you look at the daily uh, on this one, you're all the way back to, by the way, 2016 um, levels. We can go back to, let's do a monthly. Um, and you can see uh, we're way back here in 2000, September 2016. So if you bought the stock in September 2016, you enjoyed a run up all the way to $400 here. But you've enjoyed in the last, um, what, 12 months, it returned back to where you bought it. If you bought it way back here in 2013, 2014, you've enjoyed it. So, uh, yeah, I, I, the, the, the support level here of 120, it just drove right through it. So where do you have support? Well, if we pull it back here, um, we're, I'm going to pull it back. June 2013, right here around 84 is a mega support, um, right here around 97 is a semi-support level, 
Uh, the majority of people from 2013 are still holding this. The people up here who bought it between now and 2013, they've lost, you know, what, 30% of their money. Uh, I've lost 50% of my money, 60% of my money. Um, it's just, you know, it, it's gotten worse and it's not about to get any better. You can see the volume. Look at the, the MACD. The MACD on this one isn't crossing over anytime soon. If we run the algorithm, um, over a thousand candles, you lose 50% in this name. Uh, if you bought and held it, you lose 53%. Your average win is 3%. This one isn't even volatile enough to actually, uh, you know, recommend trading it. That's how bad this one is. But it's going to open up with an enormous gap down. And I posted um, on Twitter last night, uh, you've got three gaps uh, as of this now. You've got a gap up here from earnings in, in February. And that goes from 320 all the way down to 250. Uh, you've got a gap mm, around, it looks like September 14th of this year. And it was a gap down from 160, 68 to 160, hasn't been filled. And then you're going to have the gap today from 130 down to 100. And so those are three major gaps that probably will get filled on the upside. It's just a matter of when. And when I say when, um, my mother was telling me last night, she goes, well, remember GE all through the, and it's the nifty 50. I mean, if you want to look it up, uh, look up the nifty 50 from the 1970s. Uh, if we are in a recession, you know, we're in the 1970s, the nifty 50 were companies that were thought to never go out of business. I think there's two left. GE was one of them. Uh, IBM is another. And I told folks to get out of IBM. Uh, the past couple of days too. But that this is the big one. It's going to get covered. I'd say if we get down closer to 90, you buy it. But again, you know, could we go down to 40? That's where it IPO'd at, 40. And then it proceeded to go down to about 30. So um, I, I, I just don't know that it's worth the risk at this point. There's better places to put your money that will grow. Now let's talk about the overall market. The overall market um, yesterday was a nightmare for my portfolio. Uh, Google down 8%. Um, and we'll look at the Google chart. Uh, the, you know, it, it, it's got gap. I mean, it's got a gap from 98, 102 to 98. That's going to get filled very quickly. Look at that RSI down there. At some point, buyers are showing up on this one. Um, it, there, there's a lot of talk around the trader world that big tech will not lead us through the next year, that it will be other um, industries that catch up to big tech and big tech's uh, multiple at 26 and things like that. Um, you know, Apple's at 20, 24, 25, let's see. Let's see where Apple is. Um, their PE is 24. And so there's a lot of talk about that one's just too high. Um, Amazon is reporting today. Their PE is 104, forward PE of 50. There's talk that that's too high. Um, you know, get ready because if if anything, I, I think the expectations on Apple and Amazon have been beaten down. Uh, but if they don't post stellar numbers, you're going to see these 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 two stocks just get trashed. And what we saw uh, in a market yesterday was um, Google, and Microsoft. Um, they got trashed, but the market held up. And so what does that tell you? It kind of says to me um, that there's other places in the market that may be good for the short term, uh, even the long term, where they might come back a little bit faster. And you might be able to put, when we talk about the 40-40-20, uh, I still say Apple, Microsoft, Amazon should be part of that 40% of your portfolio that doesn't get touched. Um, you can trade in and out of it. You can absolutely trim some uh, and, and get back in when you think it's uh, you know, better, but you should have a core portfolio of those, uh, those stocks that just, just sits there. And I think you know, the, my mother was like, well, you know, look, at, look at GE. And she was telling me, don't think that Apple won't be GE. Well, I don't think that Apple's G, not, Apple is not GE. GE has had financial problems. Apple's got so much money in the bank. <laughs> 
um, they could literally pay you a huge dividend and buy back enough stock to keep their stock price at about the same and, and be fine for the next 20 years. Uh, that's how much money they have in the bank. It's just sitting there. Uh, they deploy it into other things. What you have to worry about with Apple is China. And I listened to uh, my first millions podcast uh, with um, the founder of Oculus. And he was talking about, you know, it's interesting that uh, 85% of Apple is wrapped up in China. So they have to be very kind to China uh, because in China, there's one person, uh, she, who could literally sign a piece of paper and, and kill 85% of Apple. And, and what would they do? He could say, you can't export anything uh, to Apple. And, and, and he absolutely could do that. They could shift their manufacturing. They have uh, $250 billion committed um, to billion, and it's billion, uh, to uh, put into China over the next five years or something. So they've committed to it, um, and they've got to do it. But if she decides, you know what? Eh, politically, U.S., I want to screw you. He could screw Apple. Um, so I, I want you to be aware of that type of risk when you put your money into something. Apple, in my mind, like I told my parents last night, it's not paying my bills. Um, the stock that the stocks that I invest in, I'm not looking to uh, for, to use that money for the next six months. This is 20 years. You know, over the next 20 years, I've got enough money to live on, probably you know, cash wise for the next you know 10 years. So, uh, you know, I'm not worried about that. Uh, you should not be investing money in this market that you absolutely need to pay rent. That's where I will tell you to go. Now, uh, Apple reports tonight, they're down about half a percent in the pre-market. We had a buy-in here at 141 um, uh, on October 13th. I, I continue to say above 140, if you want to sell it, you can sell it. Below 140, I think you start buying because I do think that we'll probably get to below 140 between now and the end of the year. Um, by the end of the year, I do think we cover at least um, uh, this little gap here at 160. Um, I do think by the end of the year, that's where we get to. But I don't know that we won't see another, another leg down. Um, you know, the, the Fed meeting is next week. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Q... Um, Q3 GDP, which remember, during the Obama years, GDP was 2% per quarter. Um, and the, the, uh, the main kind of um, you know, Republican fight back was 2% isn't enough. Well, we expected 2.3% in, uh, in Q3. We got 2.6. So for all of you that say that the economy is in a recession, it doesn't look like a recession. Honestly, if, if the Fed is going to put us into a recession, this doesn't look like a recession. Um, the recession looks like GDP at, at 1%. <clears throat> um, we haven't slowed down. So, <clears throat> um, hmm. <clears throat> you've got a lot further down. Now, with down, let's look at the Amazon chart so I can show you a little bit about earnings today. This is down 1.6%. We had a MACD cross up here on October 18th at 116. You got their earnings coming up. You had that button hook here. Um, I don't sell Amazon. I, I would expect them to come back with a little more level-headedness um, than Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg said, rather than cutting people's, you know, cutting staff and saying we're spending too much money on this and we're going to cut back until the advertising market comes back, Zuckerberg said, yeah, we're doubling down. We're going to spend more money. We just won't hire as many people as we expected. They're still going to hire people, just not as many as we expected. So uh, he killed it yesterday. I mean, he just, you know, since Sheryl Sandberg left, and there probably was a reason Sheryl Sandberg left, uh, it, it's been a bit of a mess. And I can't even point to a good management decision since she left. So uh, you, Vixie. Uh, I talked about it yesterday. It looks like it's going back under 10. Uh, the VIX right now um, is, let's see, it's up 0.48 at 27. Remember, that wants to be at around 30. 
So you've got about a 10% move up from here. I think you do get it around $10 um, in pre-market. Let's see where Uvixi is in pre-market. Um, Uvixi is at 10.62. It closed at 10.71. So it's slightly down. I think when you get under 10, I think you buy it under 10. I think you sell 11. Um, you know, get your 10%. I, I don't think that you you stay greedy in that one and 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 buy and hold it. Um, Boyle, Boyle, we talked about yesterday. I put in an order for thirty eight fifty. It never took. Um, it is at thirty eight sixty eight in the pre market. Kind of down. It closed at forty dollars and fifteen cents. It is clear that forty dollars is a resistance level and it might just be a, a mental resistance level because it kind of goes above it but then it gets dragged back down so forty dollars is probably the the pivot point on this one um i did hear a great debate about liquid natural gas yesterday um natural gas prices are collapsing they were at eight dollars they're at five dollars here in the u.s um it, it's just an overabundance of supply there's too much stored up natural gas. The winter, the start of the winter has been rather mild in Europe. It's been super mild here in the U.S. So natural gas has just been plentiful. Uh, we, we basically pumped a bunch. Uh, and you have the storage bins in Germany that are completely filled up. You have um, 2 million tons of liquid natural gas in floating storage off the coast of Europe because they can't, um, the infrastructure, they can't get it off the ships fast enough. So LNG tankers are sitting off the coast of Europe. Uh, there's a chance that China comes in and cuts the rug out and basically offers to buy that natural gas at a discount, further driving prices down. So with uh, oil, you've got a problem where you don't have enough supply. So the prices have been artificially kept down by releasing those, uh, those reserves. That's probably what you're going to start to see with liquid natural gas. They want to keep that gas down. Mind you, Europe is still paying five to ten times more than we are here in the U.S. So Boyle is a good, it trades on the futures. Uh, so as long as the futures continue to go down, you're going to see some pressure. I do think that 40 is kind of the pivot point, and I also think that, that you're going to start to see it start to creep up. As we get into winter, you know, liquid natural gas starts to get a little bit more expensive. So you can see on the chart, look at the volume level. I mean, to push it up to 40, the volume needed to rise up significantly. You just haven't seen that. Um, even look at the, the volume levels here. Uh, you're close to the volume level here, which was July 7th, which pushed it up from 44, but you didn't see the volume levels that you're seeing now just to keep it here. So I'm a little bit concerned about Boyle. I still do think that you could make 10% off of this one um, because the average win is 37%. So if you're getting at 39.56, which is where it's kind of, it's trading at 38.50 right now, and you're kind of seeing it capitulate here. But it's still got confirmation above that nine day. And it's still below the 21 day. And those Bollinger Bands are still wide open. And this is a four hour chart again. On, on the, the shorter chart, you can look at a one minute chart on uh, Active Trader Pro. And you can see it's got no confirmation at the current price. Um, but I, I think from a longer standpoint, I think you take this one. I think you do have a very tight window and make yourself well aware that you have a stop loss at a certain price where you buy it. And mentally, do not say I'm holding this until it goes up. With that price that you set in your head before you buy it, you sell it. So the downside, absolutely make sure you have a downside. Make sure you have a downside identified. Make sure you have an upside identified. Um, so uh, I, want, I wanted to look at uh, ServiceNow. This is interesting. ServiceNow um, uh, released their earnings yesterday, and they're way up. Um, they were up by like 10%. Let me see. They closed. Let's, let me just look at Active Trader Pro real quick. Um, ServiceNow is a um, software as a service. Uh, they closed at 366. They're trading at 422. 
Um, it's a massive, massive move for a company that has been beaten down. You're seeing it here under the 200 day. The 200 day is at 442. That's going to provide the next leg of resistance, 442. Uh, this one since January has just been been trashed. Um, it is one of those, let's see, let's look at their, their stats. It's expensive. Um, it's down 43% year to date. It's PE is 404. It's super, super expensive. Uh, there is no dividend. This is uh, 8% above its 52-week low, and now this is at a 366 level. So mind you, um, Finviz updates 15 minutes after the market opens, but you're 48% below your 52-week high. Your 52-week high is 707, but with the PE at 404, do not expect 700 to be in the near term on this one. Um, uh, October 27th, which is this morning, uh, Moffitt Nathanson brought their price target up to 549. Uh, Guggenheim, no price target. They went neutral to buy. Um, but the, the, the last Guggenheim uh, price target was 510. JP Morgan, neutral to overweight. Their price target is 460. So 422 seems like a bargain based on, on service now. Uh, but I wanted to, to make sure you saw that one because the next one that has a big leg up today on the open based on earnings is Kathy Wood's favorite Teladoc. And here's what I know about Teladoc. Um, I think it's similar, and, and this may be the dumb me, but I do think that it's similar to DraftKings in that DraftKings is just a bookie on your phone. And any one of these uh, major gambling houses can open up a bookie on your phone uh, when it becomes legal. Uh, and it's, they're spending $1,500 to get new customers, blah, blah, blah. Well, Teladoc kind of is in that situation. And they started really falling after the pandemic when they started having to uh, supply earnings. Um, and you can see, I'm all the way back here to July 2021 where it was trading at 157. This is at $26 now. Uh, they lost 45 cents per share. Uh, they're starting to turn their business around a little bit, but they still have so much debt on the books that this company, while it, it's got great customers, they have grown their customer base since the pandemic by you know, 10, 15, 20-fold. Um, you know, I mean, it's each quarter. And we're talking about a huge, huge gain in, in, in the quote unquote, the underlying business, but it's cost them so much money. And so while it was a great thing during the pandemic, uh, it is easily duplicated by any hospital with HIPAA uh, compliance. So the gaps up here, you've got a gap up here at 32 to 33. Let's see where you are right now. I think you're above that in pre-market. It's at $30. It closed at $26. It's at $30. So it's got a 20% move on the earnings. Um, and it, the, the, earn, the reason it's up on earnings, we'll go and look. Uh, let's look at some, do some headline searching here on uh, Finviz. Guggenheim updated its sell to neutral um, uh, on its earnings report. You can see the first article is a Motley Fool article. Uh, before you consider Teladoc, oh, but I hate these articles where they tell you, should you buy it? And then it's one sentence and say, well, sign up for our service, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, Q3 laws tops revenue estimates. They top their revenue, but their, their costs are what the problem is now. So revenue was a problem. Revenue and costs were a problem. Now revenue is not the problem. It's the costs. So before you invest in that one, say, oh my God, it's on its turn up. You had a MACD cross up here on October 18th at 26. If you got to 30, kudos, you've got almost 20% in that one. Uh, I, I am going to tell you there will be a gap here between 26 and 30 on the open. And that gap will probably be stronger to get filled than the gap up here at 32 to 33. Just kind of my thought. That 200 day, it's been providing. A, a, a pretty big resistance from the Bollinger Bands, not even the stock price, from the Bollinger Bands. When the Bollinger Bands get up to the 200-day, um, that seems to be where it's pulling back. And, and you can see it clearly here. Um, you know, back in July, uh, back in August, back in September, 
every time this thing tries to make a move up and that Bollinger Band hits the 200-day, you're just seeing it pull back. And now, now you're nowhere near the Bollinger Band hitting the 200-day. You probably have another, uh, maybe when it hits 30, the Bollinger Band opens up wide enough to, to hit the, the, um, the 200-day. But I want you to be careful about that one. Um, we talked about the, 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 how Microsoft and uh, Google went down by 7 8% yesterday. But the market was rather flat. Um, the market kind of just held up. It kind of tells me that there's other places than the big, big software companies, the big fang, um, to maybe put your money if you're looking to get back. I still say, and I went over this a little bit earlier, you still have your, your, your buy and hold um, in those. So um, I wanted to go over to, to, to Spotify. Spotify had earnings, and we talked about that one. They disappointed. Um, it was a dollar loss. Uh, versus a 91 cent loss the previous quarter. Uh, they're down around 84. Uh, this this had a MACD cross up here at 86 on uh, October 17th. Um, I do like the service. The stock is a little bit expensive though. And we talked about, I think I went over this one, um, Spotify. I think a lot of you guys listen on Spotify. They're not making money. They're down 63%. Um, Piper Sandler on October 20th put an $87 price target on their the, the stock. It's trading at 84 right now. Let me see what it's down in pre-market. Uh, it is probably going to be at 80. Yeah, it's right at 84.60. So um, the market, the, the futures, they're kind of flat, I think, except for the NASDAQ. There were a couple of really good uh, earnings uh, this morning specifically from Caterpillar and Comcast. Um, yeah, so the NASDAQ is implied down 0.19. Uh, the Dow is up by 1%. So, and remember, the Dow is 30 stocks. So um, Caterpillar, McDonald's, and, and, and some of those are really, really pushing that one up. Um, but Meta, Spot, Amazon, Apple, we went over those. Uh, let's go over Marathon Oil. And some of the energy plays. We do have earnings coming up. Um, last night, I, Joe Terranova had said he believes that Marathon Oil uh, was his final trade, even at this high level. And you can see clearly that from a, a four-hour standpoint, you've still got confirmation up here. You got one red candle from yesterday afternoon, um, but you're, you're way above this, this nine-day. Uh, you're above the 21-day. You're close to trading above the Bollinger Band. In the morning, you traded above the Bollinger Band, and it pulled back to just touching the Bollinger Band. Um, your RSI is at 72. Normally, I would say, hell no, you don't want to buy this one. But with earnings coming up and oil, remember, what happened during the pandemic was uh, companies like Marathon Oil, companies like Pioneer Resources, they, they, they lessened their spend. So they cut costs. They didn't cut production. They cut costs. So essentially, if a company was making money, um, you know, say it was costing them about uh, $50, $60 per barrel of oil to actually the cost was. So that was the break-even price of a, of a barrel of oil. Well, in the pandemic, it got down as low as like $35, $40 per barrel. And now you're trading at 88 That's unheard of with, with a lot of energy companies. Um, so you've doubled your, your, your profit margin. And, and we talked about it yesterday. Companies that have pricing power and keep their profit margin or increase their profit margin will get benefits in this market. Um, so Marathon Oil, I, I, I like it. Um, I, I, you know, with him saying, hey, I'd buy it even at these levels, that guy knows what he's talking about. Um, I, I, I've trusted him on several plays. I think Marathon Oil is a good one. I think um, Diamondback Energy, Fang. You look at Fang, that's a great one. Uh, I think you look at um, uh, Pioneer Resources, PXD. Uh, this is a great one. You, the charts all, I'm pulling them up, they all look almost identical. Uh, XOM, you look at Exxon, 52-week high, uh, 108. This looks super, super, uh, uh, just, you know, strong. CVX. I mean, shit, CVX, by the way, um, that 148 dip down there, 
and you're at 177 right now, uh, you got 180 right in, right in the target. Um, uh, let's see, where are my energy plays? I have the whole list uh, up in my notes somewhere. Uh, oh, there's a big one too. Devon Energy. I forgot Devon, uh, which I personally own. Devon Energy. Look at that chart. It's almost exactly the same. Uh, we can look at Oxy. Oxy looks almost exactly the same. And all of these have earnings coming up with some dividend plays. Um, COP, ConocoPhillips. Um, this is a, a great one too. Uh, looks super strong. All of these charts look exactly the same with the RSI super, super high. Um, one that actually I will kind of tell you, Venom. Uh, this is one, oh, not V-N-M, V-N-O-M. No, it's Viper. Call it Venom. Why do I do that? This chart's exactly the same. Um, ironically, here, you had another MACD cross-up. We talk about this all the, I talk about this quite often, that what I've seen is when the MACD crosses down, it doesn't get you out. The algorithm doesn't get you out because there's some um, moving averages in the exit on the algorithm, but it doesn't get you out. But this one, the strike line kind of came down. It kind of capitulated up here. You've got another double cross. Now you've got the RSI at very high levels at 65. Um, it is above the nine day here at about 33. Uh, you've got your earnings coming up November 7th. This also uh, has a 9% dividend or 11, 9.61% dividend. Uh, it is only 6% below its 52-week high of $35, but it had a MACD cross-up, which is bullish. Now, you do have this gap down here. I can't imagine that the company comes out and says we didn't hit our numbers. It's an energy company. Uh, no way they come out and say that we didn't hit our numbers. Um, so I, I do think that you have an opportunity here. One other one, uh, OIH, which is the Venec. Uh, oil services. So this has a bunch of oil companies in there. Uh, we had a MACD cross up here on September 30th at 210. I think I, I, I recommended this one at about 280 just a couple of days ago. It's at 293. Similar story where it's trading at the upper end of the, uh, the, the, the services here of the Bollinger Bands. The nine day, the, this gap, there's a slight gap here between 284 and 288. Let's see, uh, OIH, um, it is trading at 299 pre-market. So it's, it's breaking that 300 mark. Uh, it's just crazy. Uh, another final trade that they had on as, as well as Marathon MRO uh, last night was UNG, which is natural gas. I mean, this is, you can see it's been beaten down. I'd, I'd trade on boil. This one doesn't, it doesn't move that much. Your uh, algorithm makes you 50.55%. Buying and holding makes you 55%. So there's a thousand times difference there. I think it's a thousand, maybe it's a hundred. I don't know my zeros. Your average win on this though is 18%. Uh, it's a little bit higher than boil. Um, O-U-N-G, but natural gas has been going down. Um, you know, you, you do have, let's pull it back here, this volume, so we can see some of these volume shelves. Uh, see how you have a volume shelf here at 23, and you do have a gap here at 21. 19 might not be a bad one on this one. Uh, you know, under 20, because you, you might be able to get some support there. The problem is, let's pull back and let's look at a weekly so we can see a historical price of this. See that 200 day right there at 17? That's going to provide some support. So I don't know that necessary is today the day that this one shoots up or historically it's been just kind of moving down. Do we go back up to these $34, $35 levels as we enter winter? Or uh, is the problem that we have too much supply with all of that sitting offshore? Um, you know, we've been... Uh, fracking natural gas at a higher rate than before. So you've got to kind of take that into, uh, into consideration too. Um, next gen energy, which I think, let me see, let me just make sure I, I know this one, right? This was another, um, post-market 
kind of thing. Uh, an exploration and development stage company engages in acquisition and exploration of uranium. So this is a uranium, uh, which I know there's a couple of listeners who have uh, loved uranium on this one. Uh, let's run this because it does look like it's capitulating, uh, but it's, it's run incredibly. 391 was the buy-in on October 17th. You're at 423 right now. Your performance, the algorithm makes you 100%. Buying and holding makes you 151%. The average win is 12%. Uh, you win uh, 48% of the time, so it's a 50-50 shot. The problem is you've already run from 391 to 423. Uh, your RSI is at 61, uh, 64 actually. The MACD is crossing a little bit. You can clearly see there's been an interest since August in uranium based on the volume chart down there. Uh, your volume levels, if we pull this back to, do, 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 we're going to go to the hot, most recent highs, which is about 451, September 9th. You're seeing that it's been, you've got a support level below it for volume, really not building the volume up here. It's 403. I would say $4 on this one if you want to trade this one. Again, the symbol is NXE. Um, but, uh, oh, I, I forgot to tell you about OIH. Um, some, there were some folks that I read, the target is 310, it's at 293. So that's not a huge, if it does hit 310, uh, which is the 52 week high, it could go way, way higher. Um, Comcast, let's look at Comcast because they, uh, CMCSA, this one's going to be up about 10% in the pre-market. Uh, I personally think the reason this one is so high is streaming. Peacock, they got a bunch of paid customers to Peacock. Um, I particularly, I use my parents' Peacock. It doesn't, I, I just use, they pay for uh, streaming internet, so I don't know if I get the premium one, but I've got the ad-based one where I can access all the episodes of The Office um, which is essentially what I use Peacock for. And some of the movies, they have some pretty good movies on there. Um, so you watch about like three minutes of, of commercials prior to the movie, and then the movie is commercial free. I like it. I think it's a great uh, model. If they can continue to provide that level of uh, streaming service quality uh, with me just watching three minutes of commercials for a two-hour movie, I'm all in. Um, you know, I'll, I'll borrow my friend's passwords. If you up it to 10 minutes of, uh, of commercials, I may be a little bit, you know, nervous about that to watch 10 minutes, but eh. they, um, the other thing you have to watch about Comcast is they have a very good and growing mobile service. So I pay $25 a month for my visible service. If you want to sign up for visible, there's links in the bottom in the, uh, the link tree there. Uh, I think it's $30 a month. I get a nice little stip and you get a, a discount off your service as well. Uh, but I, I, I do like visible service. And there was a, I posted it in the, um, the chat on YouTube live yesterday. Stetson Dotson, who's a, um, a YouTuber who does a lot of uh, mobile uh, comparisons between the mobile, mobile companies. He compared the, uh, the speed of uh, a $100 a month Verizon service versus a uh, $45 a month uh, visible service. And there's no difference. None. Absolutely 100% none. So why somebody would pay Verizon $100 a month for their quote-unquote preferred package? Uh, maybe you get Netflix for free. Maybe you get your Apple for free. But I'd tell you, add up those costs. It doesn't make sense. So, um, you know, again, if you want to sign up for visible service, look at my... Um, my uh, my link tree down below. Uh, Disney. Disney is one I told you guys, hey, I think you should buy it under 100. It's at 104 right now. Uh, it had a cross up here at 97. Um, it is crossing that 200 day on a four hour chart. Uh, I like these gaps up here. They've got earnings coming up on November 8th. This one, the RSI is at 66. It just came down from 70. Um, there are clear volume shelves here at about 100. Uh, this one, in my mind, I, I think you could take a chance here. If, if it does dip back down below 100 before earnings, I like it. Uh, and the reason why I like this is JP Morgan just upped their um, price target on this 
uh, or they may have just changed. Let me see. Um, Berenberg in July, I guess it's not listed. Uh, yeah, JP Morgan, US small cap betting on uh, JP Morgan. It, it, God, where is it? They upped for some reason. They said, hey, we think that the parks are going to provide a huge plus to Disney. Um, remember, Disney has a streaming service. They have ESPN. It's talked about the potential of a partnership with uh, DraftKings. Um, they've just got tentacles and everything, and, and they've been beaten down to the point where, uh, let me see. Oh, that's, I was looking up J.P. Morgan. Why was I looking up J.P. Morgan? Disney, um, Guggenheim, August, 110 to 145 is their pr- price target. Um, but they, they do think, and I, ugh, yeah, I just don't see it, but they've got their PE is 59, which is expensive, but not crazy. The forward PE is 19. So, you know, if their PE is 59, but their forward PE is 19 and they're continuing to grow earnings, they've got a streaming service that's coming out with a, uh, ad based, um, uh, option. Um, you know, ESPN, like I said, with DraftKings. They've got uh, opportunities here, and I do think that you start to see some of these gaps um, up here, uh, 109 to 110. I think you start to see those get filled. And, and Disney, mind you, is a stock that, in my mind, um, you can absolutely hold on to for a long period. Now, I say that the algorithm makes you 27%. So in 1,000 candles, you have 31 positions. You only win on 26 of those positions. Your average win is 10%. If you bought and hold this for 1,000 candles, you would have lost 12%. So the algorithm trading this does do you much better. But remember, this was a $170 stock when we started you know, 1,000 candles ago. This one went up like crazy. It's 52-week high is 179. You're 41% below your 52-week high. There is no way I think you get to those 170s at any point in time in the near future. In the distant future, I think you get up there Um, because I think that valuation for Disney with some of their uh, creativeness uh, in parks, um, with their content on Disney+, Plus, uh, with ESPN, uh, and sports with ga- getting into gambling uh, with ESPN Plus with Hulu, I think you've got a great company that provides services that people want, and they have pricing power. Uh, you look at the price of the parks. Who's not going to Disney because it costs too much? Your freaking kids. You're going to spend money on your kids. So I, I I do think that those are those are reasons to buy Disney. And I think, uh, around, again, around $100 is where I would probably get in. Uh, just be patient. I think the market's coming back down. Um, but, um, yeah. So, uh, Southern Company. This guy was on, the CEO was on this morning. They are my electric company with Georgia Power. Um, I'm not a huge fan. Uh, they're huge into nuclear. And they're out. <laughs> they're spending my money that I pay for utilities on an enormous amount, you know, gamble on nuclear that just hasn't worked so far. Uh, he was on this morning, so I figured I'd look it up because we did have this cross up at $64.65. You're trading at $66. It's got confirmation. Kind of seems to be moving. Uh, they have earnings coming up. Do, do, do. They announced earnings, it looks like. Uh, um, let's see, pre-market. Yeah, they announced it this morning. It's not moving. So it didn't disappoint. It didn't, uh, it didn't, uh, you know, blow anything away. Duke Energy, we talked about. I'm, I'm looking at some of the recent ones. 88, 89 was the cross up, and you're at 91. So what? Just, you know, two, three dollars, about less than, not, not quite 10%, but maybe three, four percent. You got their earnings coming up. Southern Company didn't blow it away. So Duke probably won't blow it away. November 3rd is the earnings. Just wanted to look at those. McDonald's, I've gone over McDonald's before. Um, MCD, this is a Dow component. This is why the Dow is up so much and everyone else is down. They blew away earnings. You got a gap up here. Um, and you're gapping up from 259 to about 262, which is where you're trading. 
uh, into earnings. This one was just a monster. The MACD cross-up happened on October 4th at 237. And for a company like this to go from 237 all the way up to 262 was amazing. Uh, and then they blew away earnings, so they're even going further. Their PE is 31. It's expensive. They are down only 4% year-to-date. They're 5% below their 52-week high of 271. Um, there's no reason to buy it, but that, that gap here, pretty impressive. Um, pretty impressive. Uh, Cat, Caterpillar, C-A-T. Uh, this one beat earnings as well. And you're seeing a big gap up on this one. This one gapped up from 199 to uh, about 212, I think, in pre-market. It's kind of coming down now. You're well above your 200-day, but this one too, right into earnings. All of these Dow components, it seems, right into earnings. Um, 165 on September 30th. You're at 209 right now. That's a nice 20% move in this one. Let's uh, let me make sure it's a 20% move. We're gonna do this. Uh, 21%, 21.057. So this is the other great thing about uh, TrendSpider. You get all these kind of nice little um, tools, but uh, they beat uh, Q3 GDP. We went over it. Tesla uh, is under investigation for their self-driving cars. Um, it didn't affect the stock. <laughs> Stock's up today. It's at 233. We had the MACD cross up here at 219. I continue to say, this one's going to have some downward pressure. Um, it, the, the, the pressure was from Elon selling, um, but it's super expensive. And, and I know I still haven't put my second, my, the half that I took out at 750, I haven't put it back in. I wanted it down here below 200. And that's where I wanted to hit before I would put it in. Now, here on um, October 24th, the low was 198. It just got to below 200. I didn't have an order in. I wasn't sitting there watching it. I missed out. But I continue to say that I think that's where it's going. Uh, it's got all the confirmation in the world right now. You've got gaps up here around 250. If you think that Tesla can hit the, the you know, uh, avoid a scandal, avoid something, Elon is at the Twitter headquarters. Uh, it has been reported that uh, the money has started to flow out so that the uh, purchase will uh, take place this Friday, tomorrow. Um, maybe Twitter's taking off at 54.20. It's trading at $53.90 uh, $53 right now. My friend Steve, who actually held on to his, um, I think he sold out half at 52 and then held on to the other half, thinking that he's going to 54. I just sold out at 52. I'm not upset because you know what? I sold out right about here at 52 um, on October 4th. You wrote it all the way down to about $48. I was happy to get out with a, a, a gain. As, as small a gain as it was, I was happy to get out with a gain. Uh, one that we've talked about a lot on here is SOXL. This is the triple levered ETF on the semiconductors. Uh, we had a, a gap up here at 727. You're trading at 932 right now. That's a great, great move. You've got a gap up here between $10.30 and $11.05. I think you continue that move. Now, the RSI is, is high at 50, 59. The MACD is, is kind of just moving. The volumes are staying fairly consistent in the morning. The afternoon volumes are just not there. But the morning volumes are staying fairly consistent. Um, let's look at SOXL on uh, a Active Trader Pro. Um, SOXL, you're up at $9.30. So it closed at $9.01 yesterday. So you've got a 3% move. Um, yeah, I, 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 I continue to like this one. I continue to think that the chips have just been beaten down way, way too much. Um, scans. There were two that I like. Uh, first is Abbott Labs. Abbott Labs had the problem with the baby formula. Um, they've had a problem with, uh, uh, COVID testing going away. Government will no longer pay for your COVID testing. But they had cross up here at $98.43. This one, uh, the algorithm makes you 13% over 1,000 candles. There are 26 positions. Your average win is only 5%. If you bought and held, you lost 6%. I bought and held. 
I've held this one since, God, 1995, 2000, somewhere in that neighborhood. I mean, it's been a long, long time. It was a small position. has grown into probably a five-figure position, $10,000, $20,000. I don't know exactly. It's been pretty good for me. Hasn't been a, uh, you know, a huge mover, but it provides a pretty good dividend. They just had their earnings here, and they dropped down. You can see that gap between 104 and 101. You're at 98. I think you go back to filling that gap. Uh, I don't think that you get this secondary gap up here at 107 to 108. I don't think you get up there. There's just no catalyst to move it up there. Um, but Abbott Labs, they're, they're, they've fixed their baby formula problem. Um, so they're out of the news. And that's what you want with this company. You just want them out of the news. That's the biggest thing. As long as they're out of the news, they make money. Viper Energy. I went over it before. This is a double cross up. And this is the last one. Uh, this is it. But Viper Energy is good. Um, it's just, you know, you got your earnings coming up. Uh, you're at 34. Let's see. Uh, let's go here. Oh, no, I want. Uh, sorry, my fingers. I typed C instead of V. Um, your 52-week high is 35. And you are now trading at 34. So I think you're going past that, that, uh, that 52 week high. I'm going to look up here. When is the next X dividend date? Do they have it? No, they, they haven't announced their next X dividend date, but their dividend yield is 9%. I would continue to think that this one, you know, the, the September 30th key bank, they're overweight, $39 price target. That still puts you within a 10% move. You're trading at $33.70. So uh, that's 20% from there because you got a $7 move up. Um, uh, July 20th, MKM Partners buy $31 price target. You're way over that one. Most of these guys, their, their price targets are from 2019 or at like 40. Um, they haven't updated them. So um, yeah, so that's it for today. I'm going to be on YouTube live a little bit. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for supporting. Um, if you have any questions, hit me up. It's been 51 minutes of me just rambling on. So thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. Take care. I'll see you tomorrow.